Have you ever turned on a podcast in a public place and started listening, only for the three dumb hosts to suddenly start talking about Wolverine's cock? Well, it might happen if you listen here, so here's your friendly content warning that, um, we're gonna probably talk about Wolverine's cock, and we'll definitely swear a bunch. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're your aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying high on our own hot air, but have stopped our journey to the house of mystery to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, Zach, what's our question this week? Who are the best Doctor Who villains who are not the big three? Okay, so define big three for everybody. So the big three are the Daleks, the Cybermen, who only count because they've killed a couple of the Doctors over the years and they don't keep showing up no matter how boring they are. And I'm sorry, I hate that uh, Cybermen. And the Master, who is, you know, the evil Doctor, functionally. Okay, so I want to get this one out of the way because I think arguably, despite their diminishing returns, whether or not they're my You're favorite... You're going the Angels? The, the Angels have to be the next biggest, right? They're probably the next most famous at this point, but honestly, that all belongs to the episode Blink. Well, yeah, but Blink is also one of the best episodes of TV ever. uh, I agree. (laughs) It's great. I love Blink. And honestly, the next set of episodes um, where they're traveling like through the caves and the ship and the angels are hunting them. Mm, It's the mm -hmm. Mass Smith ones. I don't remember what they're fucking called, but it's a great two-parter. Is still really good and really scary. It's just, you're right, it's diminishing returns every time. The the angels were... The angels are Bane. The, yes, the angels were there for the perfect one-off, and then they just become... Eh. And I mean, there's good angel stories. They uh, There was a good angel story in the 13th Doctor's stuff, but it just... It only goes so far. Editor and Stoey Steven here. Uh, one, Tyler, I just finished cleaning your evil bong. Um, yes. It's up on the shelf for you. It's uh, fresh you. Uh, fresh and clean. Uh, and two. And evil. Yeah, it's ready to start her in a whole new movie series that's going to go 14 too long. Oh, you guys are referencing an actual thing here. I just thought, okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, but uh, which one's the ones that are, um, they look like a thumb. Um, they also, they, they were going to steal them. They, they put a hospital on the moon. You mean the the rhino guys? Yeah. They look like a thumb? They look like a fucking thumb. See, when you said look... I was thinking maybe the Santarans, the little potato guys. Oh, right, right. Uh, Oh, God, what are the the Jadoon are the ones, the rhino cops that... Jadoon are, I mean, Jadoon are good. Jadoon have... I don't know if I would put them as a top villain, but they have... Great. Oh, uh, nowhere uh, near a top villain. That, that's prosthetics. why the top, you have the top three. The 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 special like the the practical effects to make them is awesome. I love. I I, I now that I'm thinking about it, all of my favorite things. You picked a cop. You of all people. <laughs> Only as I, bad guys. So they're fair enough. As they're bad right. guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Santarans is who I would think would look like a thumb. That's what I would, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to have to look up Santarans because I might be thinking of the wrong thing. You look like a potato. I mean, uh, the Jadun literally have rhinoceros heads. Santarans are in my top three. Okay. They are genetically engineered potato-looking warriors. They're just little tiny guys with big round heads, and they're obsessed with battle, and they, like, 
you're never going to get nearly as deep a story as you are any like with i mean even with the daleks like it, it that's not the point of it it's they're mm-hmm. they're fun though because they're just fucking weird they their entire society is nothing but cloned soldiers that, that's a Santaran. That's a motherfucking thumb to me. Yes, but that's different than the other thing you were talking what about. What was the other thing I was talking about? Jadoon. J-U-D-O-O-N. Because the Jadoon are the one that steal the hospital. And uh, are the go-ro-ko-ho-ro-ko. Okay. They're fun. I don't like them all that much. I was definitely thinking of the Santarans. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I was like, how does a rhino look like a thumb? But I understand what's happening now. Um, yes, you are correct. Um, I think it's because their their collars are the same in my brain. It's, they, they have similar like the reason I go with armor. Yeah, I see. Head, head. The dress. reason I go with potato is there is a, a Santaran who becomes an ally of the Doctor Strax, who Strax he refers to as the potato one. Yeah, I'm the thinking one. You're the potato one. But what I like about it is I said they're they're nothing but these clone soldiers. They have they're so they have no like sanity or tact or anything to them. And they make weird-ass choices as a result. So there's one, like the 13th Doctor, being like, why did you travel back in time to, I don't remember, one of the old British wars of the, like, red suits kind of era of British military. You know, muskets and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, was it because that mankind was more blah, 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 blah available? And, she's, and he was like, yes. Also, I wanted to ride a horse. So they will invade Earth and then pick an era just so they could ride a horse while doing it kind of stuff. Like, they're they're good, goofy Doctor Who villains that are still threatening. I'm, I'm trying to... So my personal top three, I don't know if I could ever make a case for any of them being the best, That's but right. I definitely, like... I, I know I, I'm pretty sure I've brought it up on uh, other podcasts when we've talked about Doctor Who. For whatever reason, I am just a giant fan of the Vashta Narada. Those are the creatures that live in shadows and devour you immediately. The shadows that melt the flesh. Yeah. Is That's this... because that episode is a horror show. Is this the, the one? The library. Yes. I was talking to you this about it earlier. The fucking, where they fill a space suit and like animate it by also, walking around. they murder Elon Musk's wife. <laughs> yeah. The secretary lady in that episode was married to Elon Musk at the time, and like everyone who meets Elon Musk, gets the fuck out of there eventually. Hasn't she been cursed enough? <laughs> <laughs> didn't she do... I'm... She's been burdened too much. She doesn't need to be killed. I'm sorry. I didn't need to share that. I just um, can't unthink about it when I watch that episode now. I my my dr- and a, <laughs> I have a dream pair-up where, like, remember in the, like... Got Matt Smith hanging out in that tower for a couple thousand years, getting attacked every now and then. Yeah. And there was, like, a montage of all the different waves of enemies that he went up against, and there was, like, wooden Cybermen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unleash the Vashta Narada on the wooden Cybermen? That'd be great. Or, like, a partnership. The Vashta Narada living inside the wooden Cybermen oh, suits? Hell yeah. That's kind of just, like, my dream. But no, uh, Vashta Narada, whatever it was going on at midnight... Real quick, part of the reason the Vashnarada work and the Midnight one is they haven't tried to replicate it. They haven't been like, that was fun. How do we do it bigger? Uh, yeah, the, the thing in Midnight where we never solve... You, we never solve it. Dude, if you like that one, I know you haven't seen the new Doctor Who episodes yet. The episode Wild Blue Yonder has hardcore Midnight vibes. Okay. It is creepy as fuck. And, uh, oh God, what is it? The, the Beast in the Pit? Oh, the bad CGI devil. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one's really good. <laughs> Great episodes, but that CGI was not strong for 2006 even. Like, it was just... Uh, wait, just just a little side tangent. 
I know we're not talking it, but like of the big three, which ones are your favorites? I Master's going to have better stories. Daleks are more iconic. Cybermen can die in a fire. Uh, Missy. That's a specific master. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Missy is my favorite. I fucking love Missy. I mean, that, that's I love all of them, though. Like, really, it's like, okay, there might have been one bad master, and that was Julia Roberts' brother. In oh, the, yeah, Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts. And even he wasn't He's bad. Fun. Which He's one, which chewing he? from the... Did, were you with us when we did the Doctor Who American movie? Probably not. No, it was okay. us and Heidi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a... In the mid-90s, they did a Doctor Who made-for-TV movie in America in the hopes of launching an American Doctor Who series. Gross. It's bad. But, but it's kind of good. <laughs> It brings in one of the better people to ever play the act or the doctor. Paul McGann is fucking great at the job. Mm-hmm. And they bring in Eric Roberts, who, let's see, where would you know Eric Roberts? He's, throw Mama from the Train? Throw Mama from the Train. He's a uh, mobster in Batman uh, in The Dark Knight. Yeah, he um, is, he's in one of the latest seasons of The Righteous Gemstones. In Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he's the mobster that they take down, That he, so they have to go into witness protection. He's Mr. Brightside. He's in the Mr. Brightside video. Oh my god, okay, that's something I haven't watched since it came out. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen Mr. Brightside video. He's uh, the talking cat in one of the worst movies I've ever, ever seen. A talking cat? cat? Oh, there it is. <laughs> that's where you get this from? <laughs> that plus the Dark Knight, I now connect it all. That's Julia Roberts' brother. Really? Yep. Um, Credit to him. He's had a successful career. He's just not had his sister's career. I mean, he also does movies like A Talking Cat, where he clearly recorded that whole movie in like half an hour. Oh, in a half hour? It might have been three hours, but literally he just sat down, read the lines, and left. Yeah, it's... It doesn't even sound, sound like he recorded it in a professional studio. It sounds like he recorded it like no, from a laptop. because the guy who makes that movie made that movie is known for making like porn, porn, and not just C list, but like D or E list horror splatter films. But he wanted to make a movie his family could watch. <laughs> uh, but he still uses this like fuck it. like it's clearly the same like locations that he would use for porn. <laughs> you know what? Work with what you have. And it's like, okay, probably used the same uh, location uh, the day before, but okay. Look, we Windexed everything. <laughs> Windex. I don't know, man. I'm just talking. It'll um, clean anything. <laughs> okay, do you have any other... Uh... Um, I mean, no, I, my other one was the Vashta Narada, or however that's pronounced. Yeah. Um, but also, I do like the Weeping Angels a lot. I think they're great when, they're, when the, they've been used. But it also does kind of get... I have never forgiven them for the Angels Take Manhattan, the final Amy and Rory episode. And even that, it's not a terrible episode, even though it turns out the Statue of Liberty as a weeping angel was a bit too much for me. Somehow Um, still better than Fear Her. Fear Her's fucking terrible. But Doctor Who's allowed to have bad episodes. It's had so many good ones over the years. My problem with that really more than anything is, one, it's just the angels are not that threatening in that one. Like, it's just overdone. And then two, the story is garbage, but they just rely on emotional manipulation to make me feel things through it to justify the absolutely bizarre choices that keep being made across that episode. And it works because it makes me cry because Amy and Rory go, but like, I'm always just kind of mad at the TV anytime I watch that episode. Ooh, I just realized I should have... Big shout out to the Silurians? 
Silurians and the Sea Devils have some of the best like Which makeup stuff. Those? Silurians are the lizard people. Oh yeah, no, the, that was another one I wanted to mention. I love them. They're the ones that live under uh, the earth. In, yeah, yeah. Choice, and then the, we have like the Victor- Victorian era one that we uh, that befriends the Doctor, right? Yeah, who hangs out with Strax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's love her that. name? Uh, Lady Vastra. Yes. Um, uh, they and I, her lesbian maid slash wife Jenny. Love that dynamic. <laughs> I wanted to bring them up earlier when we were talking about really good face makeup. Um, and then with that in mind, I, I fucking forget the name of them, but they're green, big black eyes. They're like trying to sell the earth. Uh, they, uh, it's the, the, um, the family, because we don't actually learn the species name. It's the family are the Slitheine. The, the Slitheine are the ones from Rex Corico Falpatorius, aren't yes. they? Yes. Yeah. That's what we're talking about yes, here. Yes, 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 yes. They uh, have to, they, they are taking over the bodies of fat people because it's the only place that they could hide the. And they fart a lot? Yeah. Yeah. That is fun. They got creepy baby faces. Yeah, they got creepy baby faces. <laughs> um, that reminded also, me. Also, Rex Corico Falpatorius. Is fun to say. Uh, I, li- I like the little. Um, uh, little also, blob May guys. from Ted Lasso plays them, so. Oh, the blo- the the oh, I can't think of what their guys. names. The, um... It's a Donna episode. It's the one where she joins. They're literally made of fat. Oh, yeah, the the, uh, the adipose. That's the one. Yes, love the adipose. I do love that the guy I had an adipose got... plushie around here for a long time. The guy that got hired to make those uh, was bringing in a new CGI thing that let you like replicate stuff and bigger numbers, which is why they were able to make so many. And he got hired. And he's like, I'm gonna get to create like a thousand Daleks, and they're like. Cute little fat guy. <laughs> so adorable. Um, Literally then, cute little fat guy. Yeah. Uh, my favorites, I mean, I think the the um, potato guys whose name I said I'd already forgot. Sontarans. The, the Sontar- Sontarans. I think Sontarans might win because we all picked Sontarans as like at least an honorable mention. Yeah, I feel like but, we, we all... We all jive the with son, them. The Sontarans are just fun. My other two really show what an obnoxious hipster I am because one is a character known as the Ronnie. Now, the Ronnie mostly these days exists that any time there is a mysterious female in Doctor Who, the f- entire fandom goes, it's the Ronnie. The Ronnie is another renegade Time Lord like the Master or the Doctor. She only actually ever appears in two stories, but because it's revealed that she had been like a childhood companion of those two, like, you know, childhood friends, rivals, not companion like Doctor Who companions people are obsessed with her, mm-hmm. including myself. She looks so 80s. I mean, it came out in like 1985, so it tracks, but damn, those are some 80s looks. She, her thing, like the master wants to destroy or burn or conquer or whatever they're up to at any given moment in time. She is just a scientist with no conscience. If anything, she's kind of uncomfortably close to Dr. Mengele, except she doesn't have like eugenesis series. She's just one of those like he, she's science without conscience, which is an a interesting foil for the Doctor. And then my other, and this is, uh, might be because it's real fresh in my brain because he was used just recently, is the Celestial Toymaker. I was curious if you were going to bring him up. I almost brought him up. Now, the Celestial Toymaker is a character that first appeared in a first Doctor story that is mostly missing. A lot of those old school Doctor Who don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Where he is a... He's considered a celestial. He's basically a being of concept. So, like, you know, in science fiction, you'll meet, like, death or time or whatever. He's an anthropomorphic personification. Yes. He is the concept of a thing given form. 
And, and uh, what is the concept, I guess? Play. Games. Play. Oh, cool. So he, the doctor, except he's got the uh, kind of patience of a child. So, or like, so, you know, when a, do- when a kid loses and they're a bad loser and they throw a temper tantrum, that's the toy maker. So the toy maker appeared in this first Doctor story and then appeared outside of the show off and on, but didn't appear again until two weeks ago as of this recording. Oh, wow. A month ago, probably, when this comes out, roughly. You know, uh, the Christmas specials, where he's portrayed by Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, fun. And things I didn't know that I need in my life is David Tennant playing opposite of Neil Patrick Harris. Holy shit. That was some scenery-chewing, good acting of those two. He is... He wants to play a game, and if you win, you can win a lot of stuff. And if you lose, he will torture you for all of eternity. And um, can I not play? I would like to not yes, play. Yes, but he's the good only at way to win is not to play. He's good at manipulating you into having to play. Um so like the master is dying and he makes a deal to play a game with the toy maker and when he loses, he's trapped for eternity in the go- in the toy maker's golden tooth. That seems fine with me. Sure. Fuck the master. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's the point. Like, he finds people who are dying or trapped or whatever. He forces the doctor to play by driving the entire human race insane by making them, every single person, think they're right, no matter what thought they have, and willing to violently defend that thought. So, just makes all the world America? They're very much doing commentary on modern internet culture with that. But, like, you know, a, a guy tries to get into a fight with someone in a car because even though he can't drive, his taxes pay for the road, and thus it's his road, and he can walk down it if he wants to, and fuck you for trying to stop him. And the guy in the car is like, I can just run you over and fuck you for getting in the way of my car. Like, that's kind of... Basically, all of your worst, most impulsive, darkest thoughts come to the forefront. Your conspiracy-minded bullshit. And I don't, I don't even want to try and figure out what that would be for me. That sounds bad. All I know is that I almost facepalmed myself really hard when you brought up the Ronnie, and I realized I did not bring up the Valeyard. I'm a big Valeyard boy. Dude, Valeyard is fucking sick. So the Valeyard is in one of in the f- second season of the Sixth Doctor. He only had two seasons. He's put on trial by the Time Lords for being a meddler. He meddles. He gets in the way. Which, like, guilty is charged, right? Yes, especially the Sixth <laughs> Doctor, who's like... Let me give you long pontificating speeches about how I do this, and fuck you very much. <laughs> God, I love the Sixth Doctor. His run was not great, but Colin Baker was great at the job. Um, I also really like grumpy doctors, and he's maybe the grumpiest of them, mm. so... But the person going against him is a mysterious Time Lord known as the Valyard. It is later revealed that the Valyard is a potential future incarnation of the Doctor. They, like took part of the Doctor out of time right before his final regeneration. So it's kind... And then they're like, if you win, we'll give you more regenerations or something like Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the darkest, worst impulses of the Doctor and what the Doctor will do to stay alive, given human form. Or Time Lord form. Dope. Really, any time he deals with other Time Lords, I kind of dig it. Kind Yeah, right? Because the Time Lords suck. Like, as a species, they're pretty terrible. They're also, like, a kind of baller villain a lot of times. Rassilon is fucking sweet. Also, Uh, James Bond played him, and I'm into that. Timothy Dalton! (laughs) I was literally just trying to remember 
Also, How, Time Lord collars. Whenever they're on screen, you get to see the giant-ass Time Lord collars. And <laughs> Tim Dalton is not my favorite Rassilon. The one that goes up against Peter Capaldi that's an old man oh. does great in the job. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim Dalton is literally spitting. <laughs> He's expressing so much. I, but like, I love the, the just the familiarity with Timothy Dalton that you... With the Sir fucking Timothy Dalton. <laughs> you, you, you just, <laughs> Is that Timothy fucking Dalton speaking? And then he appears at the end of the episode, and you're like, it is. Oh, Rassilon. I do. Yeah, Rassilon might have to fucking win. Rassilon's way up there, right? Also, like, one of my first experiences with classic Doctor Who is the five Doctors, where he's first introduced. Mm. And four of the Doctors together are openly like, do not want to fuck with this man. No. And we get to modern who, and the doctor's just like, bring it on, Rassilon, you little bitch. I mean, I know we were trying to narrow this down, and I keep being like, oh, and this, oh, and this, but like... That's... We knew <sighs> what we were getting into when we picked this topic. But like the Ice Warriors of Mars. Ice Warriors look fucking cool. They can't beat Rassilon. No, they I can't beat Rassilon. I don't... But they look fucking cool. Yeah. The Meep from the... Originally from a comic who's in one of the new specials. Is... Mm. The Flood. Mm. The Flood? That's where it, just the concept of floods. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. They're like fucking drowning, so they're 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 constantly dry and they're constantly drinking. Oh, the waters of Mars. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're the, fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is one of the most viscerally uncomfortable episodes of Doctor Who ever made. But not in a like fear her or the creepy absorbing thing like bad episodes, but like. It's fucked Just up scary. Making me like want to crawl out of my skin. Yeah. The cracked yeah, skin the skin and the ugh. Blah. I still yep. think Rassilon wins, but fuck, that is don't I do not like that. I just needed to mention it because <laughs> I remembered it. Yeah, wait. So not just really the the winner is like time lords, either time lords or one off villains that they're smart enough to not overuse and let them not have water these, down. Like, yeah. Midnight's so good. Anyway. Another one that makes me want to crawl out of my skin. Oof. Well, in order to keep our journey going, we're going to have to drop some ballast. Luckily, Zach is stuffed to the brim with assorted genre facts. I'll prod him a bit and see what shakes loose. Remember, any misses or mistakes will have to be made up for at the end of our trip. Today, we'll keep this expedition's theme of Marvel and DC horror characters. So, Zach, what knowledge can you drop on Trigon? Trigon, the father of Raven. Who really is usually Raven, the daughter of Trigon. But let's be honest about which one of these is more important. Um, He is created by Marv Wolfman and... I want to say George Press, but I don't think George Press was the first... Because uh, the issue where Trigon actually arrange, arrives is not drawn by George Press, But that's just a new show. No, it's not. You're correct on that. Who is that? That is a very famous Superman author, and I can't think of who it is. Um, It is... Oh, well, the one I just found is showing... Oh, okay. Anyways, uh, the one where he actually invades, it doesn't matter, but he was drawn by several. Kurt Swan is who I'm thinking of. Kurt Swan Mm. does a Trigon one that was really good. Anyways, Trigon is, if we're being honest, kind of forgettable demon devil number 467. He falls very much under Satan, but I probably wasn't allowed to use Satan for, it was the early 80s reasons. He is... Was Satan bad in the early 80s? <laughs> uh, was there some sort of s- satanic panic? He has six eyes, like pairs down, and he sometimes has horns. 
They seem like antlers in my memory. That's yeah. But not like reindeer antlers, but more like or more like reindeer antlers than like uh anything else. Uh, often mind. long white hair, sometimes black, red skin, pretty basic yet the devil stuff. Uh he manages to impregnate a woman because he is a uh he has a cult on Earth, and they find this runaway, bring her in, and bring she's her a into freak. the cult, <laughs> and are like, we're going to, you will bear the child of our Lord. And when he first appears, he's, you know, beautiful, long, golden hair, angel-looking motherfucker. And then halfway through the banging, his form reverts, and, oh shit, you're fucking Trigon. So she flees during the night, is found by the people of Azerath, who take her away and uh, raise her daughter, Raven, to be Ra- Raven like I, of the Teen Titans. Like, a, I, I get narrative. <laughs> I, I get narratively why you would, like, have this whole setup. Like, oh, she she runs away, and then, like, the baby's raised by good people. You would think this motherfucker would just, like, find people who don't need this glamour. Um, Part of the joy for him was the terror that he was... He's not a good dude. So probably terrifying the woman... Also not a dude. More of a demon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm sure, like, as a demon, he could find some fucking fucked up people. I'm sure, but I'm just saying part of the terror is part of the flavor for him, I would bet. Good point. He is a demon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He also... She was not supposed to run away... The useless cultists fucked up because every cultist from the early 80s, late 70s storytelling were all either insanely murderous or insanely bad at their jobs. Because they were insanely murderous. Or both. Anyways, Trigon is coming to Earth. Raven attempts to warn the Justice League, but they don't listen to her because who is this weird woman with a blue cloak and a swimsuit? And so she recruits the various Titans, including Wally West Kid Flash, who she casts a spell on to make him fall in love with her, to get him to join up. Uh, Some of those early Titan stories were weird. What I know about Wally West Flash doesn't seem like you would need to do that. He was retired at the time. Oh, Wally West Flash. Wally West is the, I mean, he's the younger one. He was Kid Flash. And he... In the cartoons and stuff, he's much more of a horned dog, but he's not nearly as bad in the comic books. I guess I only know him from the cartoons. That you know be. him from the Justice League cartoon, which is I know him great, from, but... from cartoons in general. Uh, I know everybody from cartoons in general. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. It's probably the best version of Flash is the Justice League animated series. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's actually the TV Flash. No, but he is good. Um, <laughs> Grant is so good. Yeah, he no, he's great at it. Uh, anyway, just runs too fucking as long as you're not like. Actually, I think it was Ezra Miller. Tri- <laughs> Trigon does is brought down by the Teen Titans, and he becomes kind of a recurring villain. A common tactic for him is to uh, bring in the other children of Trigon, or to possess his daughter again. He possesses his daughter. Trigon likes to let you know that Trigon fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Most of his plans are based off the fact that at some point in time, he has in fact fucked, yes. Um, I guess good for him? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what to do with this information, Trigon. Uh, he does drive Raven evil and insane a couple of times, and part of it literally came from George Perez 
the more he drew her, the more her style changed. Uh-huh. Because originally she had pretty normal kind of a bob haircut, but as he drew her more and more and got more and more comfortable with these characters, he was giving her more and more of this like really intense widow's peak. And him and Marv noticed that he was doing this and commented on it. And he's like, oh, I can like tone it back or dial it back or whatever. And they're like, no, what if we make this a plot point? Because you're making her look more and more like dark and severe as we're going on. And what if we use this to reveal that you've secretly or that she's been secretly getting possessed and turning more and more evil over time? Um, I could do a half redemption on Trigon if you want, because literally he's forgettable demon number seven. I mean, yeah, it, mostly <laughs> what you're missing is like some of his bigger later appearances, like him taking on Ares and shit. That's about it. Did not know he did that. Now, apparently he guts Ares at one point, but Ares dies a lot. I, I feel I, like that's enough. Yeah. He's basically like, we need the devil. He's <laughs> a cool looking forgettable devil substitute. He looks so much better than like, say, Mephisto from He Marvel, looks really fucking bitching in T-Titans. Where I think they're not really allowed to really... Co- I don't think they ever call him Trigon on in it in that episode. And I don't think they really say who he is other than my father. Mm, because weird. teen, I could be wrong, but the Teen Titans cartoon had some pretty strict rules of what they were allowed to do. I mean... The reason he's slayed is because they're like, you are absolutely not allowed to call him Deathstroke the Terminator <laughs> in this kid's cartoon. No. He's definitely part of Task Force X, not the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Task Force X, guys. Um, it sounds cool enough. Don't it worry. It does sound cool. Well, that's it for today, folks. We're taking off. But before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows at earverm.com. That is E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. As always, we want to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady, and to Ian Ford for our theme song tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Up, up, and away. Up, up, and away.